0: Welcome to Deal to Heal with E. James. On this podcast, my guest and I discuss topics and ways to heal and overcome in every area of our lives so that we may heal ourselves, our families, and our communities. My mission is to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thank you for joining in. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. I am your host, Ernest James, friends of fatherless daughters on Instagram. And I believe that everyone can live a life that is whole, healthy, and healed. And so I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem. Heal from the pain and fulfill your purpose. So, again, I want to thank everyone for being here to, uh, for tuning in once again to the, to the, uh, podcast. And I'm here with another guest, the very lovely Coach Love. How are you doing, Coach?
1: I'm awesome, as always. How are you today, King?
0: I, I am great. I am great, even better now. Uh, I give you, a, give you a chance to kind of introduce yourself and tell everybody what it is that you do.
1: Uh what do I do? I do a lot, but uh my most important work um outside of being a mom is uh being a certified master life coach for men. Um what I do in that space is I I'm just there. I'm here as a guiding light uh for men as they um you know, grow through the pain of processing the trauma that they've experienced in their lives. Um but particularly we focus on Um, Your mental, emotional and spiritual spaces, uh, because all of those three things need to kind of be healthy for you to do exactly what you just said that you're working with people to do as well. So that's what I do. And I also uh, have decided to embark on the journey of being an author. So that'll be my way to make sure that the message I want to get out to the world gets to where it needs to get to in a very timely fashion, because I think it's urgent that we, we talk about men's health
0: okay okay and and you know what and and i i want to uh commend you because first of all i want to say thank you for your time for even taking out the time to uh join us on the podcast but Absolutely. i also want to want to say uh, i guess thank you also because I, i've found uh since i've been in this uh social media space especially on instagram i've come across you know, very few, far in between, uh, women that take out the time to focus on men, and uh, so I, I it's, it's rare. And then when you listen to you and and uh, some of the other women who who do, who do this type of work, and you realize the heart. You know what i'm saying like they're really in it for the the love of men should i say you know it's Absolutely. like man i am definitely grateful um I, I had another um another guest on who who deal with men but she deals with the fatherless daughters she's a fatherless daughter and okay. she works with fathers who's reconnecting with their daughters you know, after being out of their life. So uh, uh, her name was Jana. I had her as a guest. You know, she's one of the fruit women. Like I said, I like yourself, who I've ran across that, that deal with, you know, deal with men and working with men. And I, I definitely appreciate it. So for all the men who are listening and who you will help in the future, I want to say thank you now, you know, for the work that you do. And so speaking of the work that you do, what made you, you know, decide to work with men? Uh, And also, what made you want to to work with people as a coach, life coach, period, but then even to change that from just working with people in general to work directly with men?
1: Oh, That's an awesome question. Um, But first, let me also say thank you for sharing your platform. I appreciate the opportunity always to connect um, with phenomenal people like yourself that are in this space that we're in of really doing more to heal ourselves in our families, and like you said, and eventually, you know, transition that healing into our communities, because we know, uh, culturally speaking, our co- our community needs a lot of healing, right? Um, so, it's, it's a necessity. I know, um, for me, I think, had I not done my own hard work, as I like to call it, um, I say hard work because I believe that in the process of you healing, what you're really doing is mending the character of your heart because that's been uh, shaped by your life experiences, what we like to call trauma, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I like to say that that has to be done. And I think had I not, I know had I not done my heart work first, I may have never ended up in this space. Um, And I certainly probably would not have ended up uh, wanting to coach men because I am a product of, uh, sexual abuse by men as a child. So imagine, you know, people are like, How did you decide you want to work with men? I said, Because I realized something once I started doing my heart work and something I continue to do. So let's be clear about that. Heart work is the rest of your life. You're going to mm-hmm. have to constantly do something to work towards healing yourself because there's so many layers to the, the trauma and the pain that we've experienced. And you can't erase that in like a month. You know, It takes the rest of your life to undo what you've experienced in those previous decades of living here. Um, But I think what brought me into the space of life coaching was just seeing that some people um, are not comfortable with therapists. Like I'm comfortable, I was comfortable. As a child, I was introduced to therapy. Um, But then as I got older and I matured, um, I I still use therapists, but I also use coaches as well. I, I work with them in tandem. Um, And I realized that sometimes people respond well to coaches um, in in the way that they necessarily, uh, may not necessarily do with therapists. And I can only attest to that because when I was younger, I was a coach for the girls basketball team. And then I became an assistant coach or like I guess I was like the second coach Uh, for the boys track team. I lasted with the girls for about like a month. I was with the boys the entire year and until we graduated. So I feel like there's something that I realized about myself that uh, whatever energy or um, the space that I create for boys and men seems to feel very safe and they trust me enough to share and be vulnerable. So I thought there has to be a way to make that mean something. You know, typically... uh, unfortunately women tend to use the information they have about men for manipulation and i wanted to be the person that says this is not what we're here to do um men are suffering in many of the same ways that women are but women like to weaponize like men's pain to you know for their benefit so my thought is that if we can take the time out to create safer spaces for men to do the hard work that they need to do for themselves, that they won't have to be in the position where they feel like they're being undervalued or misrepresented or disrespected in the ways that they feel that they are, especially in our community. So I just thought, okay, I'll be a coach, Um, but I didn't know what extent it would go to. But then over time I realized like, how about I'm just gonna do what I always do. I'm gonna do the exact opposite of what everybody else is doing. Um, And the reality is there's not a lot of women, like you said, and there's certainly not a lot of us brown women that are working with men. Um, So I just thought I'm going to go with this. I kind of already have been doing it in my life. Let's see if we can make a full time profession out of this. Um, And that's how I got there. Uh, Is it easy? Absolutely not. Is it certainly worth the effort? Absolutely. Would I change anything? Absolutely not.
0: Right, and it's, it's definitely worth the effort, and I I can say that just as a man, and like I said, I've I've been uh tuning into you on your on your lives and your your posts on Instagram, so I can definitely say it's worth uh the work that you put into it. You know, even with the the uh, things that I get out of it, and I you you touched on man, you touched on so many things <laughs> that you were talking. Some of them I wanted to touch on too. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned uh, was community and, and the love or should I say the healing that we need as a community. And it's crazy that you say that because that's one of my uh, things is that, you know, I want to help, you know, heal the individual so the individual can heal the family and the family can heal right. the community because that's how that's it really- works. You know, when we, mm-hmm. we are healed ourselves, especially dealing with, you know, mothers and fathers when the mother and the father is healed then they can heal the child and they can raise absolutely. a healed child and then once that child absolutely. is they their whole and healed as a family and then when that family mm-hmm. steps out of the four walls of their home they can affect the community
1: you know absolutely
0: it starts with one person at a time and as we begin to heal ourselves and those around us in turn we end up healing the whole community so i, I wanted to touch on definitely mention that and and also the, the journey of, uh, like you said, that you took of doing the hard work and that journey of, of uh, self-development and uh, self-exploration is one thing that I love about it. And I don't know, somebody else might not love about it. But like you said, it never stops. You know, it, right. it goes right. on and on it's, as you're learning about yourself and you're developing into the person that you want to be you know, Absolutely. and, and getting rid of, the, of the things that you don't want to be, you know, right. it's a never ending journey Absolutely. and the benefits of that journey is, is just so awesome. And one of the major benefits that comes out of taking that journey is you find your purpose. And so Absolutely. that's exactly what you did. And that's actually part of, part of my story um, with me kind of going through some things within the last year uh, I would say last year, like most of the year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to work on me. And that's when I mm-hmm. really got into uh, self development. And as I began to heal and work on myself, you know, it became contagious to, okay, I got to <laughs> talk, so I got to tell somebody else, you know, and right. start talking. And again, that personal healing that we do within ourselves. And as it began to affect us, then we affect those around us. So the third thing that you said that I wanted to touch on is the safe spaces and, and providing those safe spaces, because as a man, I know that, you know, just growing up, not just as a man, but just as a male, as a little boy and growing up, we don't have those spaces. You know, we don't have it with our friends. Uh, we don't have it with, with those we love, you know, like you said, as, especially right. with women and sometimes with girls, you know, especially young girls, you know, to use your, your vulnerability against you. You know, mm-hmm. and so as a, as a man, we, we often don't have those spaces to release or just to be vulnerable and say, you know what, this is what I'm going through. You know, <clears throat> because we, we deal with so much. And we have so much on our shoulders because we have people depending on us. And when someone Absolutely. is depending on you, you don't really want to show weakness. You want them to feel that you got it under control. And so mm-hmm. would you trying to put forth that persona that you do have it under control that often causes you, uh, it's, it's a, a gift and a curse. It's like a, a castle that has the big fence around it, you know, the big uh, mm-hmm. uh fence and most people say yeah they put up the fence to protect them from people getting in say yeah but it also keeps you locked in so now mm-hmm. you can't get out so is that right. it's that same thing we we put forth this persona like we got it all together to reassure those you know who depend on us but at the same mm-hmm. time that same persona becomes our detriment because now we can't be we don't feel safe to be vulnerable with those same people so mm-hmm. uh, but you providing that space, I definitely uh, uh, appreciate it. And, you know, if you could just share with us a little bit about, you know, the details of, of that space and what it means, you know, uh, or even what men have released to you in that safe space mm-hmm. that, you know, we need to know that it's, it's available.
1: Absolutely. um everything you said is is like you said exactly why it has to be done because uh that that word that you used i was definitely going to use it as well men are left to be leaders but to the detriment of themselves there's never an opportunity to say i don't feel like it i don't want to i'm tired i'm hurting you know any of those things that are left for you know their counterparts to say And I would say, I think um, for the men that I talk to, um, most often what is disheartening for me is that sometimes I really am the first place or first person that they find that safety. And that is Mm -hmm. like just heartbreaking because my thought is if you've had, you're here, you've been here a while in this, this physical realm, you've had a mother, a grandmother, possibly a sister, Um, you're a father like yourself uh, and you have a significant other or, you know, a spouse and none of those people, none of those women have been safe for you. So uh, there is a challenge sometimes as a a female life coach for men because, especially um, culturally, because as a Black woman, I look like a lot of Black men's trigger, you know, mm-hmm. I look like their child's mother, their wife, right, you right. know, their significant other. I may, you know, my tone could, you know, as loving as in, in the whole as I like to be with people may sound like, you know, may remind him of something his mother said, you know, 25 years ago, you know, just in conversation. Um, so sometimes knowing that already knowing that I have to come into the space just with a different kind of energy. And that is just that one of authenticity. Because I, I like to say, you know, I am love and I do all things with love and and that who I am as a coach is not different from who I am as, you know, myself, you know, without that title. Um People that know me will almost everyone that knows me can attest to uh the opportunity to have a safe space where they can be vulnerable with me. So, um, and I don't use that against people. And that probably becomes, you know, that comes from, you know, my own experiences, uh, as a child, you know, you're, you're not given an opportunity to stand up for yourself. Typically. I come from the generation where, you know, they told you children were meant to be seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. So if you had a complaint, you didn't voice it because there was a consequence to that. And unfortunately, um, You know, I'm 41 and that means all of the boys or the men that, you know, the men that are my age, they grew up in that same era. But typically if girls, you know, we break out and cry, we get all the attention in the world. If a boy cries, it's like, what are you crying for? You need to suck it up and stop crying. You don't have to, you're not supposed to be crying. You know, you got to be, like you said, you have to stand up and just show up as this, you know, iron faced guy that's always together. Um, and I think about like my own father, uh, I was raised by my father and I had some wonderful bonus moms. Um, and when I think of what it was like for my father to raise me, how hard that must've been as a black man in the eighties, getting, getting full custody of his daughter, which is not something that happened often back then. It's not even mm-hmm. something that happens often now and it's right. 2021. Um, having to deal with all of the things that you mentioned as a man and as a father, and then you got to raise your daughter, right? And she's looking to you to be everything, including, you know, as it's, it's safe as I, I've always felt with my father, I still always want to feel like there's this soft side of him that, that can be, you know, not so tough on me all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but he's also from a generation where he is like, the man's man. You have to be, you know, just 10 toes down to the ground and be firm in your word cuz that's all you have as a man, right? Um, but I realized again that's been to his detriment. He's he's held our family together. He's done a lot to be the absolute best father and man that he could be, but there were no resources for him um to just if he needed it to help him, you know, bridge the gap with communication or um, give him ideas about how to be emotionally supportive to a daughter that was abused and he didn't know that I was abused because I wasn't with my father until I was six years old. Um, and I didn't go with my father full time until I was eight years old. And then when you think about those things, um, you think about when you're dating, the relationships you've had with men, the boys and the men that I've gone to school with or that I've worked with, my coworkers, um, having friends that had you know, significant others that had obviously been traumatized. Um, But again, they didn't have a safe space. So one thing, you know, that they say is true. You hear people say all the time is that, you know, hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. Um, I realized the abuse I suffered in my life as a child. I was hurt by those people. But at some point before they got to me, they were also hurt. Um, And then, of course, you know, when you're growing and before you go to therapy, You'd be like, you know, I can promise you before therapy, uh, there was a lot of hate and malice in my heart. Um, I thought I would never be able to forgive anybody. I thought I'd be angry and just, you know, just hurting all of my life. Um, And then thankfully, like I said, my father introduced me to therapy as a child. So I got a chance to see the other side of what it would be like if I wasn't so angry and if I was able to forgive. So when I got to that, you know, as I got older, like you said, it got good, like, okay, I could keep doing this because I'm liking what I'm discovering about myself and about my life and about how I can navigate, um, through all this pain. So I kept doing it. I've gone to therapy for the last just forever. It seems like, um, there have been breaks in the therapy, but it's always something that's part of my self-care I'll say. Um, and it's necessary. So because I do that, the, what I learned, the three things, this is why I call heart work, you know, the title of the book is Heartwork, Work, the Self-Love Trifecta. What I teach from is always the trifecta. And that's, um, there's just three things, you know, people think trifecta is something fancy. It's just three things, you know, that we have to master or that we learn to master in the space of self-love and care. And that's forgiveness, gratitude, and positive affirmations. And that's universal for all of us. That works for you know boys and girls and men and women alike Um, but those are like the three core things that I recall made the most difference in how I evolved into the person that I am now Um, and that's necessary like I said for all of us but that shows up differently for men than it does for women so when I realized that that's what made me say I can focus on this but I can definitely make a difference in the space of me doing it for a man that looks like you that I know is a father even if you're not a father Um, But also with men of every background, because um, honestly speaking, more often than not, the men that I coach don't look like us. You know, Um, it's documented that culturally the men in our community don't seek out professional guidance, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But when they do, I want to make sure that that they see that it's possible for them to once they start this process to continue it. So if, if you can understand just those three basic concepts of what forgiveness is, gratitude and positive affirmations, that's all you're going to need to know to make it through a coaching session with me. The hardest part for the men is that the the honesty that they have to release and the vulnerability that has to come in that space. But my energy is such that that's typically not a problem. Um, people just reveal what they want to reveal in the first session and we go from there. And we don't stay in that space of their childhood long, but we gradually work to where they are. But it's something you have to face. You can't really deny your pain and actually think you're gonna overcome it at the same time. So that's how Mm -hmm. we got there. And and that's probably the space I'll stay in as long as I'm a coach. Um, I do share the space with women. I speak to women all the time. Um, The women are included in sessions as needed because they're an important part of your life. Um, But for the most part, my primary focus is always men. And then it's going to gradually shift into younger men, right? Right.
0: And you know what, you you said a, a mouthful, and I'm I'm sitting taking notes <laughs> as you're talking because you hit on so many uh, different things that I want to I want to touch on um, as time permits us. I don't want us to be Absolutely. on it too long, you know. But <laughs> you you hit on a, a, a couple of things. One thing that you said, one of the first things that you said, is that men um, are supposed to lead from the front or or are expected. Uh, to leave from the front. And I know that word expectation is is one of your triggers. So (laughs) we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But when you, when you said that I was thinking about, you know, as men, we don't often have, you know, when we talk about the safe spaces and, and to be vulnerable and we talk about leadership and what came to my mind was one of the greatest leaders in the Bible, which is Moses. And, with the story of Moses, Moses was one of the greatest leaders. But I remember when they were in battle, uh, Moses got to the point where he couldn't set up anymore. And so he needed someone that had to come and, and help hold him up, you know, while, while they, they were in battle. And I was like, man, that's it right there, because we're expected to lead from the front. And sometimes you don't want to be in front. And then nope. sometimes it's not even a fact of you wanting to be, uh, not wanting to be in front. That, But maybe you just don't have the energy. You don't have the right. the, uh, the healing. You don't have the whatever you need. And you need that person or persons to hold you up. You know, doing Absolutely. those times where, okay, yeah, I'm the leader. But right now, the leader needs some help. The leader needs some, some support. So you, right. you uh, mentioned that, I, I and I wanted to touch on that. Uh, another thing that you mentioned on about what you expected from your dad or you what you wanted to receive, one of the things that you wanted to receive from your dad was that soft side, right? And so uh, I've talked to a, a couple girl dads and me being a girl dad myself, that's always one of the things I, that we talk about is like that, mm-hmm. that side of you that only your daughter can bring out. You know, you can oh, be the yeah. hardest man, the <laughs> toughest man, you know, and even when you have sons, you know, you want to be hard and tough with them. But then that, right. that daughter just brings out another side of you and, you know, there ain't no helping it. you get out mushy and, and, and stuff. So it don't, it don't matter how you try to put that persona on. When she say right. "daddy" and she gives you them little puppy dog eyes, like all right, forget it, and I got big yep. eyes, and my my daughter has big <laughs> like me. So you know the the cat on Shrek, When the cat on Shrek did that little look, you know that's how my, my daughter you that look, and I'm like, "All right, what you want?" You know, what right, I mean? right, right, right. So, uh, I definitely can uh, attest to that, to wanting to and actually giving and providing that south side uh, of a man, and I think that's one of the benefits. Of a father having a daughter, because whether you want to or not, it's it's gonna pull it out you. You know. Oh, so absolutely. I, I definitely uh, uh, appreciate that. And another thing that you said when you spoke on, which is one hundred percent, and you you said black men uh, in our in our community, but I can even say even with women too, we don't really look for therapy. We don't reach out for therapy. And and I'm a, I, I am a uh, advocate i guess you could say of therapy or any kind of Absolutely. personal help when you need yeah. the help you know right. um i went through a period after my mom passed away and mm-hmm. that i went to bereavement right to get that help for myself and i was so uh affected by it you know that i was like man our community really need this because i was in there mm-hmm. for a, a couple months the the regular time for a person to come in and take the, you know, kind of go through the bereavement, just a couple of weeks, but I was so into it. And, uh, the, um, person who was over it was like, would you want to stay as a volunteer? Because mm-hmm. you definitely add a lot, you know, to the platform. And, and, you know, when the people got together and I'm like, sure. And so I got into That's it and I was, you know, active in it and learning, Uh, what I could, but one of the things that came to my mind, which over the several months that I was there and the different people that came in and out, outside of myself, I think it was only one person of color. you know. And I was like, and I know it's not because we don't need the help. And and it's amazing how the things that happen in your life, first of all, let me just say it this way. It's amazing how God works. All right, let me put it that way because there are things that happen in your life that you might not even think about, you know, like it happens when you're young and and you, it happens, you're like, Oh, okay. Whatever you live through it. And you go on to the next day and you never even thinking about it. And then it Mm -hmm. resurfaces so many years later. And the reason why I brought that up, because I remember as a teenager, one night I was in a store, me and my cousin, we go to the store, um, little corner store in the neighborhood. And, Mm -hmm. Well, while we're in there, these two guys walk in, uh, uh, two uh, black men. One is me. tall and big. I mean, this dude is like huge, you know. And then it's a little shorter, smaller dude with him. And the big dude was crying. I'm like physical tears, like crying. And first of all, you know something wrong <laughs> when right. a grown man is crying. But especially right. a grown black man in public, you know. Right. So I right. came in. And he's crying, and the other guy is with him because he's ch- you know, kind of trying to keep him calm or whatever. And he's like, you know, he wants to get some cigarettes. So we're standing in line, because it's a it's a little line. So we're standing in line and they're talking, I can hear the conversation, you know. And I, I know it was a female, and I'm I'm guessing it probably was his mom that passed away, you know, oh. and the the other gentleman was kind of talking to, him, you know, kind of talking to it or whatever, and he's talking, and then he just turns around and he hits his fist on the on the counter so hard everybody turned around you know wow. and he just like i just want some cigarettes you know so everybody that was there in front of him was like hey get this man some cigarettes you know right right, right, right. But, uh, but that i remember that now i didn't i forgot all about it after it happened but in my going through the bereavement process that came back to my mind and i was like mm-hmm. this service is needed in our community. And yeah. so I started a, a nonprofit uh, at my church and everything. And even with that, even with, with me pushing it, you know, we still don't want to go, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so I'm a, I'm definitely a, a advocate for it, for any kind of therapy, because I know that it's mo- must and much needed in our community. So uh, I definitely uh, appreciate you even being honest the fact that you went and, you know, because it's needed. And I think a, a, a yeah. part of that is because we don't talk about it, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I've, I've recently done a, another, uh, a previous podcast where we talked, I talked to a lady about suicide, whose son committed suicide. And I had to mm-hmm. tell her that I've even had my bout with uh, not trying to uh, commit suicide, but definitely contemplated it during the time mm-hmm. period that my mom passed away. And mm-hmm. you know, and, and not just from a, uh, with that, not just from a, a thing as far as being our community, but I just think as something that we don't talk about as a people in general enough, that's one of those topics because we're mm-hmm. all dealing with so much sometimes that it gets mm-hmm. to the point where we feel like, you know what, I just want to end it all because I want the pain right. to stop. But we don't have right. to right. space for that right. because we don't we don't talk about it, you know, when we're not in that
1: mm-hmm. place. That could be a whole nother show, James. That could be a whole nother show, a whole nother show. Um, that is a true statement that um which is also since you brought it up, that is one of the reasons why I also advocate for men because the reality is that men do commit suicide. And the reason Mm -hmm. men are more successful when they attempt it is because men take a very aggressive stance and they use things like guns. So, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas if a woman attempts to commit suicide, she may take pills, you know. She may do something that may not actually you know, transition her from this space. But men choose very definitively how they want to end their lives. And typically if they make that choice, they're more successful. The statistics on suicide among men is so much higher between those ages of like, even I think it goes down to like 13 or 14 up to like Mm -hmm. a certain age, men do commit suicide at such a high rate. And it's for that same thing you just said, there's no open space, there's no safe space, there's no opportunity to release anything. Um, I did a post, I wanna say it was either today or yesterday and I put fellas, start crying. I I really believe that. that, you know, I posted probably sometime last year before that every tear that a man doesn't shed is likely to show up in a moment of aggression. Because there's no release, there's never a release for you guys, like ever. So it's it makes sense that at the end of a you know about or in the midst of about of just life with no support, no resources, because we, we, we're talking about therapy and coaching, but um, they're not always made accessible. and if they are accessible, they may not always be affordable um, for a man to actually you know utilize the service. So if that's the case and then you're home with your significant other and she talks at you more than she talks to you, you know, mm-hmm. then you have, uh, if we're talking about in our community, you have the the issues of racism and classism and all these kinds of things. It's suddenly culturally acceptable to emasculate men. Like, I don't know what that's about, but I don't agree with that in any way, shape or form. But all of those things, if you take the culmination of that, Any person would come to the brink. But when you add what that additional layer of pressure is for a man. It's not far fetched to to understand why you may get to that space where you say, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm not valued here. I'm not cared for here. I'm not loved here. Why am I here? If my if, if my presence here is not making a difference, maybe I shouldn't be here. You know, that's not a healthy conversation. That's not a conversation that people like to have, but that's the reality. But we can't denounce the fact that like you said, there are men, there are, you know, sons and daughters and women that have lost people to suicide. And they've lost the men in their families to suicide, a brother or a cousin or, you know, a coworker, a friend, somebody. Um, and we, again, we're still not talking about it. And And I don't know what it's gonna take, but as much as I like talking, those are the only things I want to be talking about. Like we talked about before we started recording, people were like, you know, um, somebody was saying like when I was training, it's like, you're always talking. But then somebody was like, but if you notice, she's only talking about something that it makes sense to be talking about it. Um, so I'm on like this crusade, I guess, for the rest of my life now, um, you know, because it's it's a must. We can't keep, you know, as a society, as a you know, he, citizens of this world, we cannot continue to think that what we have is going to continue to exist if we're not willing to support the men that we're we're charging to lead us all the time. So however I can do that, however I can change that narrative, I'm going to do that on purpose. <laughs> right. It right. just has and, to be done.
0: And again, I I, I definitely uh, appreciate that. You know, um, one of the things that I've seen is there's this post on, on TikTok and is, it has become very uh, um, popular and the voiceover is a gentleman and he's saying, talking about when men say I'm OK. And he was like, the reason why men always say I'm OK is because really, we know nobody really cares. You know what I'm saying? It's like nobody really wants to know the answer to that. Oh, you know, is really trying to oh. find out, you know, where are right. you really okay, you know? And so he, mm-hmm. ends, he ends the, the uh, voiceover saying it's all right because I'm okay too, you know? And so that has become real popular, you know, on TikTok with guys, you know, taking that just to be a little vulnerable and to let people know there are times that I'm not okay, you know, and right. it's okay to right? ask, right. am I Okay. But just right. wait for the answer, and actually want to know the answer, the real answer, right. not the right. not the uh, right. you know the the straight answer. Like, oh yeah, I'm good. No, no. How are right. you? Right, really, right, right.
1: You know, and, and that started. what you just said is exactly why the men that I've talked to, whether they're you know in a professional space or a personal space, they've all said that. They said you actually ask, and when you ask, you genuinely want to know if I'm okay. I said, but that's why would I not, you know, um, you, we can't keep saying, you know, as women that we love our sons and our husbands and our fathers, but we, our behavior doesn't, it doesn't, uh, exude that, you Mm -hmm. know, we're always worried about what we going to get what daddy going to buy me, what you pay, what bills you paying, you taking the kids to school. Did you go to work today? You know, but you're not considering that. You know, in all the things that a man does, and we're not considering who he is and who he's being in those moments. So I kind of I, I think it's necessary to focus more on the being than the doing. People are always like, well, as long as a man don't he's supposed to do, he all right. No, he's not. Men can men have done all things and they're still not OK. So we know it's not left to just what you know how to do. Anybody, right. you know, any man that has a little bit of get up can get up and do something to make himself stand up in that space and be seen, but we need to do more to allow for the men to be heard. So that's where I come in at, you know? Um, and I'm gonna, like I said, I need to stay in that space, but I also wanna share um, just while we're here because you're talk, you're, your organization is called Fatherless Daughters is that, um, again, I do all things with love. Any person that's listening to this podcast, whether you're a daughter, who hasn't had the experience of a healthy relationship with your father, understand first and foremost that your father is who he was and he'll always be that person. He'll always be that man, but understand that his character may not have been as such that he could be in a healthy relationship with you. We have to understand Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, parenting can happen by default. It's not always a choice. Typically a man doesn't know he's a father until the woman tells him. And unfortunately, we live in a society where the relationship a father can have with his daughter or his children is typically allowed to be dictated by the mother. So I'm saying that to say, don't make any assumptions. Assumptions are never safe. Um, And don't have any expectations in your mind of what you think it could have been or what he should be to you if he is present or if he's not. But I, I like to tell my son because I am a single mother. And I'll share this is that. Just know that who you are as a person, that it took your mother and your father and that you're the absolute best of who he is. So if you happen to be missing your father or you're missing your mother, just know that who they are, the best of who they could be and of their character at heart, you embody that. And the reason we have to say that is because when we allow our children to think that the parent that may not be able to be present. And I mean, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially present is not there. They develop a narrative about themselves that makes them think that they're not loved and that they're not cared for. Because if you're always hearing your mother say your father ain't no good. At some point, a child may internalize that to think that you as a mother think they're not any good because they're connected to that same person that you're, ch- that you're just creating that narrative around. So again, this is where the forgiveness comes in that. And then I say, allow yourself to just believe that who you think he could be, that he's at least 1% of that, who you would desperately like for him to be for you Maybe the best that he could do in the space of showing you that he was, you know, that he loved you as a father was allow you to be raised by your mother. Because sometimes, again, it happens by default. Every person, anybody can become a parent. We know how that happens. You play some Barry White in the background, maybe some Jeffrey Osborne, you know. <laughs> you get a little drink, you know, and you you decide, you know, that today I might skip my pill and daddy like, oh, I ain't gonna wear my hat and what happens? That, that can happen to anyone um, in just a moment's notice. But the reality is when it's time to step into that role, we don't realize that our parents had a whole life before they became our parents. We don't know that they've ever had the opportunity to work through any of their pain or any of their trauma. We just assume that because they became our mom or our dad that now they got it all together and they're going to just make it work. That's not realistic. So I just want to say, find a space to forgive your father if he's not there, find a space to forgive your mother. If she created a negative narrative about your father, she's also doing that from a place of pain Um, and then forgive yourself for believing that your father is not a good man in his own way. That's again, why I say in the space of human relationships, assumptions and expectations don't belong there because you're, you're definitely setting yourself up for a level of disappointment and additional trauma that it's going to take you the rest of your life to work through. So um, just be, be more open to the idea that the best of what he could have given you, you've already gotten it. And that's why you're here.
0: And you know what? So <clears throat> now you're now you're talking in, in my arena, right? And and I'm listening to you. And pretty much everything you just said is something that I say, you know, uh to the fatherless daughters and, and even right. to the to the moms, like you said, you know, it takes it took two people to make that child. And mm-hmm. I definitely agree that when you talk about the other person who may not be there to uh, speak up for themselves, you know, mm-hmm. that child knows, okay, it took you and him to make me. And so right. if that part of that duo that created me is no good, then that means part of me is no good. You know, right. if, if you show so much or you show or you speak so much hatred to that Definitely. other person, then that means there's a part of me that you don't love and you don't hate. I mean, you love, you Absolutely. don't love, and you hate. You know, and, right. and children and in, internalize that, and not just children, because it, it it grows once it's there, it goes with you throughout your whole life until you actually heal from it. And another exactly. thing that you said that I talk about also is the expectations. Uh, when I talk about reconnecting with your biological father, is go in with no expectation, you know, right. go in with no expectation, which is one, and then go mm-hmm. in with acceptance, which is two. And that acceptance right. is accepting him for exactly who he is, you know, exactly. not for who you thought he was, not for who your mom told you he was, Ooh, not for who right. you wanted him to be, but the person right. who he actually is. Yeah. And, and I will hope that that same grace is, is extended, not just to a father, but to men in general. And that will be the main thing that allows us to have those safe spaces is when you allow me to just be me, you know, take off the hats, take off the cape, you know, take the ass off my chest, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And just be the man under leaf. You know, when we talk about a uh, uh, superhero, We talk about Hawk with the big and the strength and all that. Allow me right. to calm down, take all right. that off, you know, right. and just go back to being David Banner or Bruce Banner.
1: You know what I mean? Right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. And, just, just
0: right. That. and when when right. you can do that, right. then you can build those safe spaces that allow men yeah. to just be exactly who, uh, they're able to be you know right that, that's gonna help right. all of us so again I, I thank you Absolutely. I thank you for taking out the time to be Absolutely. you know here with me definitely I've, I've got so much and I know like you said this is a journey that you're going to be on part of for the rest of your life so just know this is a platform that is going to be open to you for the rest of your Thank life. You. Whenever you decide to be <laughs> <Thank> on you. <laughs> you got my number, you got my email, hit me up and, and we'll come back Absolutely. on. You know, so, Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. I let you have the last word and I want to uh, just to talk a little bit about, I know you talked about being an author, um, so in that space talk, talk to us a little bit about what you have in store uh, for us as the readers and um, You know, also give your contact information and where people can find you and how to work with you.
1: Absolutely. Um, The first book that's coming out, um, of course, because I said the core of what I teach is heartwork is actually called Heartwork, the self-love trifecta. And then the subtitle is just the 12 benefits of practicing forgiveness, uh, gratitude and positive affirmations. Um, That book will actually be out. Probably by the time this airs, you guys will be able to access that book. Um, And then on. uh, I want to say November 18th will be the release of the next book that I have that I'd like to read. And that book is absolutely for all of you wonderful men out there. It's called Dear Gentlemen, Healing is for You. Um, That book is very special to my heart, and I'm looking forward to sharing more about that um, in upcoming uh, days and weeks. And I want to say that the best place to find me is in the comment section or on somebody's platform (laughs) advocating (laughs) for the mental, emotional, and spiritual health of men, you'll always find me somewhere in that space. Um, But most directly, you can find me on Instagram at onecoachlove and that's because there is only one Coach Love. Uh, And then of course, if you reach out to me there, um, I also share all the time on social media and I'll share it here today. My DM is always open. It's a safe space. It's a judgment-free zone. Um, You're welcome to reach out there, whether you're a man or a woman. I I will not decline um, anyone that is requiring some guidance. I like to say I don't help people. People don't need help being themselves, but they do need someone to share a different perspective so that they can actually recondition the character of their heart. Um, I'm not anybody's help me and I'm not going to ever sign up for that. I just like to say I'm a guiding light um, and I'm only that guiding light because God asked me to be and I'm not in the space of being disobedient.
0: Okay. Okay. And and I, I'll tell you right now, just send me an invoice. Okay. Send me an invoice for both of the books. <laughs> and whenever they come, you can send it to me. Just send me an invoice. Uh. Again, I thank you so much. I thank you so much. And definitely. Thank you. Uh, thank when you. You're, when you're ready, because I, I listened to the, the, the three points that uh the uh trifecta, and I'm like, you know what, we got to talk about that. We got to, and I, cool. I, I actually have wrote
1: down like, okay, I wanted
0: to talk about, okay. So that means we got to do this again.
1: So we can always do a live on Instagram. You know, I like doing those. Those are always fun.
0: Oh, that works, too. That works, too. So we'll (laughs) definitely have to set something up again. Thank you so very much for for coming on and sharing your expertise with us, sharing your heart with us. And even here with the conversation that we had, I know because I feel safe. You know what I mean? That we are that you are. Uh, building thank those you. safe spaces for the men that, that you come in contact with and again, from them to you, I want to say thank you So <laughs> Thank you was, so
1: much and thank was, you again for letting me you. be here I really appreciate it, thank you so much No
0: problem, I had to, I had to so again, thank you for being here to all our listeners. Thank you for joining in, uh, come tuning in and listening to what we had to say on today. And I hope that you tune in to next week when we'll be right back. Again, this is Ernest James from the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I am wishing you a healthy, whole and healed life. And by doing that, I will walk my purpose to help you to deal, heal and fulfill, which is deal with your problems. Heal from the pain and fulfill your purpose. And until next time, we will see you next week. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in to Deal to Heal with E. James. Remember to listen, like, subscribe, and share. Today's episode was sponsored by Deal to Heal Tease. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Go to deal to heal Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problems, hear from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks
1: for listening.